It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Today, Aussie Open, we've got the two semifinals at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Karen Hatchinov takes on Stefan Asitsipas. And then tonight, Tommy Paul taking on Novak Djokovic. We'll talk about that with Mark Woodford very shortly. That is Around the Grounds, thanks to Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. Now, all thanks to Kia. Uh, we're going to have a chat to the, the former Australian tennis great, Mark Woodford, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Mark is on the line. G'day, Mark. Uh, morning, fellas. Uh, all right, we better get to these semi-finals tonight because uh, James and I have differing opinions on who might win this first one. Let's start with Hachinov and Sitsipas. Have you been impressed? Well, you must be. They're into the semi-finals by these two guys during the course of the last ten days. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, you, you know, I think they've shone a little brighter uh, over the last uh, ten days to get to this stage. Um, um, probably a bit bit of a surprise to see Hashinov still alive. Um, not not so much with Sitsipas. I, I, I mean, I really love watching him play. I, I think he's got a, a really um, you, you know fantastic game. It's appealing to the eye, and it, and it kind of gives me this sense of you know how Australians used to play. A bit of an all court game. He's not shy about coming to net. He uses a backhand slice. So, so he has some variety. Um, and he's been knocking on the door for a couple of years, but Hashinov obviously has been, you know, finding the corners of the court, uh, you know, to still be alive, um, you, you know, in today's semi-final. But I'm interested to see why, why you guys would think, or, or who's who's saying which one should win the match. <laughs> no, well, Jimmy thought it'd be a straight sets to Sissy Pass. I've been pretty yeah. impressed by Hashinov. I think he can take a set or two off Sissy Pass. Yeah, well, look, uh, uh, um, according to their history, head-to-head, Sitsipas has won every encounter that they've played. Uh, Hashinov has, I think, squeezed by, squeezed out maybe a couple of sets, which isn't a whole lot. I think Mm. their head-to-head is something like five matches to to Sitsipas and and Hashinov has yet to win. But I think maybe what that could highlight is that Hashinov, as strong as he is from the baseline and as I mentioned, things are going really well for him this tournament, but it's the inability to maybe find uh, like a plan B. If plan A is not working, he, he finds it difficult to kind of temper his game where um, you know, I think that's the beauty for City Pass is that, you know, there's a B game and at times there's a, a C game as well, depending on who he plays against. Then in the other match, uh, we've got, the juggernaut Novak Djokovic <laughs> rolls on against Tommy Paul. This one we are in agreement on. <laughs> we both think yeah. this will be a straight set. <laughs> it, it, I think uh, it seems like the whole tennis community are a little uniformed on uh, the the potential of uh, the second of the semifinals. Um, I mean, Djokovic just uh, I, I think has blown us all away with the last two matches, the the level that he's played at. Um, you know, it's not. It's not bad. Hopefully, Alex Di Manara is not feeling quite as bad after watching Rublev get spanked. Uh, yeah, you know the other night. But uh, oh, you, you know you can just 
I, I mean, this is a huge result for Tommy Paul. If we thinking it was a surprise to see Hashanoff in a semi-final of, of this year's Grand Slam, Tommy Paul is, uh, you, you know, he's got a belated Christmas present by yeah. being alive today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- it probably doesn't because history says it doesn't, given the fact that what went on with Novak Djokovic last year. But now he's got himself or his camp's got themselves into a bit of a furor. I don't know. And we were talking about it earlier around the context of what his father's been involved with or not involved or how he's been drawn into it. Do you think, Mark, this has any impact on the way Novak will play tonight? No. Yeah. No, not at, not at, not, not at all. I, I, I think it's... Uh, Again, you know, media have have their way of of, of trying to instigate or, or incite, uh, you know, issues uh, that that really are. I, I don't want to say irrelevant, but you can only imagine when, when you're at a tournament like this, and there are fans yep. uh, from all countries uh, that are supporting their players, and when they see a uh, whether it's a parent, maybe it's a coach, you know, it 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 could have just the way that it happened uh, or unfolded that. You know, they're just wanting to have a, a photo. You, you, you know, they're euphoric that um, Hashanov has, has made it through, maybe a little disappointed that Rublev, you, you know, got, uh, got, got handed his backside in that match. And I, I think it was just a, uh, you, you know, quick happened so quickly, but, you know, it's now been blown, you, you know, into this, yeah. you know, uh, a level that, I, I it is it just shake my head, scratch my head, like as to why. Um, but I don't think it's going to push no, Novak off of here access uh, at all. And if anything, they you, you know they might have helped him to put the blinkers on even stronger, uh, not to be you know uh, distracted at all against Tommy Paul. We won't get a chance to speak to you, Mark, before the two finals are played out. Can you cast your eye ahead to both the women's and the men's finals and give us a bit of a crystal ball prediction? Uh, well, look, I, I, I've been supportive of Sabalenka from the beginning of the tournament. And I, my big question for her um, was, would the serve? You know, look, that's been an, an Achilles heel. And, and I think as athletes... and. And you probably noticed as well, uh, James. Uh, you know, we have, we all have that little uh, Achilles heel, and hers has been the serve over the last couple of seasons. And um, a full credit to her; she's kept at it, perseverance, patience. It's withstood the challenges so far. Um, and, and I, it's a, it's another big step to be, you know, in a final. Uh, and, and she's playing a, another gal who probably is some, somewhat identical in, in their game styles, which, which is big serve. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go for broke on that, that first strike. But I'm, I'm really liking Rebecca for the final. The fact that she's, I think she wants to prove something to the tennis world that Wimbledon wasn't a one and done uh, or a fluke. Um, and, you know, probably a little frustrated that, you know, she was put out on some of the outer courts early on in the tournament, and now it's she survives that. Um, and you know, me thinks moving forward, <laughs> she won't be playing on any court thirteen anywhere um, from now on. So I really like her chances, Rebecca. And, her, um, and for the men, wow, I, I just think the the blockbuster final would have to be Djokovic against Sitsipas. Yeah. Um, the question is. Is City Pass? Is he ready? He he's probably out of the three guys that are left in the tournament 
Um, he's the one that has the game, can challenge uh, Djokovic, has beaten Djokovic in the past, um, but but will he be able to reproduce that in the final? That's the the question. Sitsipas v Djokovic final. Who's the crowd supporting? I said that's another great uh, question to pose. I mean, the the Philippousis, Mark Philippousis, working with Sitsipas has has done a great job in you know just putting it out there that you know Stefanos feels so much at home. Um, you know, Melbourne have got a, a fabulous Greek community that yeah. love coming out and, and supporting Sitsipas and, um, you, you know, with their flags. And, um, you, you know, of course, there's this huge following for um, Novak. So, um, you, you know, they're, they're, there's going to be a colourful final. <laughs> We're going to see plenty of flags um, flowing and uh, um, support for both guys. I would still give that edge to Djokovic. I right. think... Uh, yeah, um, you know, and and then can he can he try to utilize the the fans' support just to to have that edge if there are moments where it gets close in the match. Mark, I want to ask you this: We were talking about it earlier. You've had the opportunity to be there as a player, and now uh, more mature around the 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 tours as well. It goes back to what you were talking yep. about with Irina Sabalenka. Her serving issues are really a manifestation of her mental fragility. We were talking about that on the back of James watching the Netflix series and and talking about he was blown away by how mentally fragile some of the world's best tennis players are right James and 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 mm. there's a lot of people made comment on that what would be your comment on that like you you've got players there like Rafael Nadal who are absolute bulls and then you've got these yep. other players the next I think it was gen Casper Ruud who said yeah I never want to play Rafael Nadal again on, on clay because I can't beat him it's yeah impossible thoughts yeah. right and 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 there's Casper Ruud some of his best performances over the last couple of seasons have been only on clay. I, I'm not sure, apart from the result of the US Open final last year, um, that that was his biggest victory outside of the clay courts. So, you know, his, where he's performing at such a high level, there is doubt when he walks into the arena, mm. plenty of doubt um, a, against Rafa. And, uh, you, you know, he had the, I guess, well, the, the joy of reaching the Roland Garros final last year but again, got rolled um, in, in that final against Rafa. So yeah, it's there is fragility with even with the very best. I think it's they're aware of their own vulnerability, um, and it's it's like trying to once once the like the whistle's blowing or once the the tournament referee comes in and you know okay um, we're we're making our way out to the court before a, whether it's a big match or or a final. I, I think tennis players have a, a wonderful way of uh, compartmentalizing their, their mental headspace. And so once they enter the arena, um, it's, it, it changes for them or it's, it's like maybe a switch. Um, you, you know, it's interesting for the players. I, I always, in the commentary booth now here at the Australian Open, I'm eager to see that the visual, uh, their faces, their reaction as they're walking through the tunnel, the champions walk and they see these great names and, you know, you know whether I can get maybe an indication how, how they're experiencing that walk before they arrive at the top of the stairs. Then they hear the roar of the crowd as their names are introduced. And, and that in itself can yeah. kind of set the tone for the, in the early stages of some of these matches. Yeah. It, it, 
if they hit a thousand forehands a session, could they hit eight hundred and then go and do half an hour? If we believed how important the mental side of the game is, then do a half hour of that. Do you think that's an area that could be explored by some of the even the elite players, Mark? Well, uh, what what some of the changes over time is, um, you know, whether whether it's the half an hour. I, I think now has been reduced, um, and and I. It's, I mean, remember from the time that I was playing and, uh, and and maybe Todd and I going into some of these big finals and we would be out there in the, you know, warm up and we'd hit for 45 minutes because um, you, you feel like you want to be able to see if the, sh- you know, the shots that you're going to be using, uh, employing in the match, that they're operating. For us, that felt secure. These days, players will warm up and whether it's the doubles only specialists uh, or, or even the, the marquee singles guys, they may be out there for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and if you go by Roger Federer's court, I mean, he's just swinging freely. Uh, not, not that uh, we'll, we'll see him practicing for these matches now that he's in retirement, but it was such a contrast to see Roger Federer warm up for a match as opposed to a Rafa Nadal. But the big thing is that they, they reduced their warm-up time um, from what it used to be in past generations. And uh, it, it's like they, they just work on themselves. more. There's more warm-up time in the gym, you know, getting their legs yeah. going or just getting their body, uh, you know, working on their flexion with uh, their shoulders and their, their arms. So, um, it, you know, very, very different uh, lead-ups to some of these big matches these days. Yeah, interesting. Hey, Mark, great to have you on. Really appreciate your time this morning. Enjoy the tennis from today and the remainder of the Aussie Open. Have a great day, mate. Thanks. Go Rabakiner and Djokovic. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's the double. Uh, Mark Woodford there. Uh, all thanks to Kia, a pinnacle of engineering. The Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever created. Righto, we'll get ourselves to a break and then we'll Back with more. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 1170am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.